Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And we both not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 15. High School Poppycock. And non-surprising, the German title is not a translation of this one. I am shooketh. I wouldn't even know how to translate poppycock. The German title is Outsider. Hmm. Oh, I see why. Right? So many okay. outsiders. Chloe, outsider during high school. Todd, outsider back in his high school. Mace, the outsider in the love triangle. Yada, 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 yada. So actually... Really good title. I think it feels way too sophisticated for Lucifer. No, we've had pretty awesome titles in the past. Well, we did, but I don't think they were sophisticated. But that can be just me. Sometimes we had the title pointing at layers already, so... But not just the German title is sophisticated. I'm also quite happy with this episode. Let's see what this one is about. Chloe and Lucifer switch characters. Both fan fiction and fan culture are once again relevant. The horrible love triangle gets exposed. And one of the sweetest scenes of the show concludes this episode. That is very well put. I'm gonna run at you with my obsession of the week and coincidentally it's the same thing as your devils in the details in the bonus episode i put down writer's block as the obsession i went a bit more fancy and went with inspiration or the lack thereof very fancy but we can kind of agree that it's yes the same thing absolutely this is a win (laughs) hey Anybody keeping score? <laughs> Hopefully one of our listeners so that at the very end someone can tell us who won. Who's next? It was me. You it decide. was me. Tell me. Tell me. It's tell me. Never, it was me. It's never you. But speaking of winning, this episode already wins when you look at who wrote it. Because it was written by a duo with Chris Rafferty, who returns for the fifth time and who most importantly wrote A Priest Walks Into a Bar, and Jennifer Graham Imada with her first official writing credit, but she did the story for Off the Record. Nice. Really good combination. Non-surprising, this episode is really good. Ah. We have a six-time director in Louis Chamilly. I'm sorry for butchering this name. And the most recent they were director was Chloe Does Lucifer. Ooh, that was a good episode. Exactly. This one's also very pretty. Exactly. So writing, yay. Directing, yay. Let's get into the fun information. Obviously, the title is set by Lucifer, putting us at 8 of 11. One thing I didn't know, you might have watched that. Shamelessly stolen from IMDb. The story is about a murdered writer of teen sci-fi books. All characters' names for this episode pay homage. Homage? Homage? Both is correct. I think it depends what you're going for. Pay homage to the teen book series Roswell High. Max Evans, Isabel, DeLuca, Valenti are all characters featuring in the books and TV series Roswell from 1999 and even in the reimagining Roswell, New Mexico 2019. Did you watch either? I did not. I had my secret guess that it was somehow related to the Twilight books because it just felt at some 
some stage that they're trying to make fun of the Twilight books. It's probably the other way around that Twilight ripped off so many other things. Which makes absolute sense because obviously Twilight was based on how to make money on Teenagers 101 and let's take everything... Like so many young adult books, let's yeah, be honest. Of course. I mean, yeah. and don't get me wrong, I love reading young adult books <laughs> and I grew up with them and there is some great shit there, but there's also a lot of bad shit. I like Twilight. <clears throat> so... <laughs> hey, you never read Twilight. <laughs> I know, but this is a standing thing between the two of us. Don't worry. It is time now to move on to previously on Lucifer. Here to go with the... <sighs> Lucifer's wings are back and it seems to be a part of Dad's plan. Linda lied to Mace about her and Ames. Lucy promised came to kill him and he's been failing so far. And Mace is brainstorming a problem. It's a very short, very straightforward previously on. And it shows pretty well what's about to happen. So here we go. We start with a scene that for me was so obviously not real, in quotation From marks. From the very beginning? The whole entering the penthouse and everything being dark and Lucifer not coming around the corner when she says something. Nothing in a previous episode set up that there would be something happening. So I was already, huh? What the fuck is going on? This is something's iffy. And then with his face being kept in the shadow. I was like, okay, something's fucked. And then with his wings popping out partially and her not reacting in how I expect Chloe to react whenever she sees these wings for the first time. I was like, yeah, no, this is not real. And then she falls off the fucking balcony and I was like, yeah, okay, it's obviously not real. So it was a progress. Yeah, it wasn't for me that obvious from the beginning. I was convinced. I didn't even think it wasn't real for the first like 10 seconds when she like walks in and looks for him because I feel that we've had a situation like this before where she shows up in the penthouse and Lucifer is not around. Yes. He's hiding or something. So it didn't throw me off immediately. It took me a few seconds. But yes, after that, I was with you. But usually we had a setup as to why Lucifer would not be around. Yeah, but you know, they like to do 10 hours earlier segments as well. So it could have been something like that. That's true. But since I hate that <laughs> yeah. technique, oh, yeah. I tend to ignore the fact that it exists. I hate it too. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, for me, I agree with you at certain stage, it became fairly obvious that this is not reality and especially then when he jumps after her and she dies yeah. and he doesn't catch her and also the fact that Lux is a penthouse or like the penthouse is really high but it's not that high the building is definitely not that tall it was fairly obvious that when we get to Linda it was Lucifer sharing his dream and that is what I actually found really surprising I had not realized that Lucifer dreams at all let alone that he has the ability to have nightmares somehow in my brain that didn't even occur as a possibility so I actually thought that this was gonna be some weird dream with Chloe for some reason I did not make the connection that Lucifer is having nightmares so yeah that's the part that threw me not that it was a dream but it was his nightmare yeah that's fair nevertheless he has changed a lot since he met Chloe so it is kind of expected oh, it makes sense. that yeah, it things makes sense. like that would happen and I love that Linda is being very much like oh this is obvious what it means. Speaking of Linda's reaction to the dream, on the one hand, I really 
once again enjoy her being a professional therapist not telling her client the obvious answers but trying to lead him to find the answers himself but i and it pains me to say this i think in lucifer's case it would be beneficial for him if she took a slightly less professional and more direct approach i don't disagree no i think Mainly at this moment, the problem, she she already started doing this. She already started being way more straightforward than she would be with any other patient. I agree that she could go further with that. However, that being said... Like she did in the one scene when her license was revoked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that being said, we see Lucifer on a couple of other occasions during this episode when people do tell him directly, do this or that, and he completely disregards them anyway. So I think it's kind of a a thin line that Linda needs to walk where she needs to get him to maybe even try to convince him that he got there himself rather than uh, like telling him because he wouldn't listen anyway even though he actually didn't get there himself and with every normal client therapist relation I am completely on board but Linda is not everyone Mm. now she has a completely different standing with Lucifer Because she is in the know. She is not family. And in this one scene where she is speaking clearly to him because at this point she is not his therapist, he does listen and he does understand way more than he usually does in the sessions, which is why I think that in his special case, the more direct approach might be better for all involved. So she would essentially become rather his life coach than his therapist. At least sometimes, yes. That is definitely true. However, what we do find out is that Linda is currently very much off balance herself. Because she is doing something that we both hate. And she's been doing it for weeks, as it turns out very Mm -hmm. soon. And it is not surprising whatsoever to realize that that might be part of the reason she is struggling to guide Lucifer well enough. Yeah. When he leaves and she answers the phone, her tone of voice made me so angry. I I hated it. Just the way she answers the phone, the, the tone of her voice, the content of the conversation. <laughs> I'm going to get into that in a later scene, but... Yeah, we're most definitely going to get there. But before we do, let's have some fun first, because we will go very briefly into the precinct. We get a song that's called Knock on My Door by Mail Order Brides, and obviously it's Knock on My Door, because Chloe is not knocking on the door but she is coming to visit Ella in the precinct who is wearing a blue wig which confused me as hell until the conversation went far enough to tell us why Mm -hmm. same I was actually slightly afraid that they were gonna try to convince us that she actually dyed her hair yeah and they just gave her a really bad wig yeah same luckily that was not the case I am not surprised that Chloe was a grown-up child and describes herself as such it fits her perfectly Mm -hmm. and also even though this is really really short I read this scene as confirmation that Chloe Chloe and Ella do have a relationship outside of work. And that makes me actually quite happy. Same. I have the same note. Also, I got a little upset because 
I'd like to go to that party. And it same. upsets me that she didn't go. Yeah, same. Because I'd like to see it. So I think that we can both agree on that if given the opportunity to go to a Neon party, we would take it and... Instantly. We are slightly upset with Chloe that she didn't. Yeah, but yeah, also it's not that surprising because she is a workaholic. It is definitely not surprising. And speaking of work, time to go to work. I fucking adore the fact that Chloe is completely freaked out by Lucifer not talking. And it is played so perfectly with the sight glances. Holy shit. Mwah. In fairness, this is the first time we've seen Lucifer being this quiet Yes. In the history of the show. So, yes, agreed. Seriously, this is one of my favorite moments because it is so in character and it is so well done and it feels so authentic. And I know it's such a small thing, but wow. It is. Yeah, we get a point here in this scene where she tries to give Lucifer an advice and he completely rolls over it. So, this is one of those instances where somebody is trying to directly tell him there is always new angles to consider. Lucifer and he's like nah no no help whatsoever go away I feel that he did not ignore the advice I think he didn't understand it that is also a possibility yeah because Lucifer, even with all the evolution he has gone through, is still a very self-centered person and to him there is usually just his point of view so the option of a different angle is at least in my opinion not yet a touchable thing for him so this is the one case where i feel it was not deliberate with all the other cases fully with you he gets advice and he goes like yeah no but here i think he simply didn't know better definitely a possibility but uh, you know who knows better ella yes haha <laughs> guessed it well who else i mean she is one of the best people on the planet I know that Ella doesn't have much screen time in this episode, but every time she's there, I love it. And in this moment, she gets to be such a nerd. I am surprised that Lucifer has not seen Alien and does not catch the pop culture reference. Because usually he's quite on the up and up when it comes to movies. Yeah, yeah, I suppose he would see it. I feel like it's not mainstream enough for him, but that might be just me. Yeah, I think that... <laughs> Maybe that's probably just me. I mean, I knew of it. I did not actually see it. Another option is that he pretends he doesn't understand because he's too preoccupied with what yeah, he is that's, thinking yeah. about. Very good point. That actually might be it. But also, even though I haven't seen it, I can absolutely understand Ella's feeling and Ella's look because I have done a many references in my life when everybody's just like staring blankly at me. Awkward silence. Like, yeah, I'm gonna remove myself from the conversation because I clearly have nothing in common with you people. <laughs> Bye. Why are we even friends? <laughs> why do I bother? Educate yourself. Speaking of why do I even bother talking to you? <laughs> Lucifer <laughs> talks to Dan because he is so desperate for inspiration that he is even talking to Dan, the man of improv. Yeah. And yes, I am and. <laughs> yes, and I am here to agree with the whole yes and technique being a great tool to figure shit out. Yes, and Lucifer instantly tries it, but sadly it doesn't work because he's doing it wrong. Which luckily he figures out very, very quickly, so we don't have to suffer through this 
for that much longer. That is fair. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine he'd be doing that for the rest of the episode. I would genuinely probably shoot my brains out. No, that's... I would be very upset. That was a hyperbole and we understood that. No worries. We also now have a very obvious personal connection for Lucifer with the case of the week, which it's nice to see that they keep with the Chloe is aware and vocal about Lucifer's obsession with the case. Mm -hmm. Very much here for it. And we also get the title card. Yes, that we do. I was wondering why he's taken so long and so many different approaches to address his obsession. And then finally he found a reason to obsess over the case. So we could have dropped the helps from friends. Well, he's still trying to look for solutions from everyone, but now he has a name for it. He now has a sole focus for that, for for why he is interested in the case. A potential easy fix. Exactly. After the title card, we go into the single scene of this episode that I hate. Yep. We have a song in this scene that goes through it, underneath it, and then helps with the transition to the next scene as well. It's called California Numb, and it's by Cloths. It's a very good song, by the way. I was not able to focus on the song because I hate everything about this scene. And I have been very vocal about why I hate this shit. So do not get me wrong. While I was not a fan of the pairing Linda and Amenadiel, I am happy with Linda being happy and Amenadiel being happy. But I hate with a fiery passion the sneaking around and explicitly lying to Mace. So at the very end, the relationship ends. And I was honestly surprised by that because I did not expect them to break it up that quickly. But I could have lived with them continuing the relationship if Linda had a heart-to-heart with Mace. See, my biggest issue, especially in this scene, is yes, on one hand, I understand that they're afraid of Mace and that's why they're not telling her, but also how are they supposed to put any meaning into this relationship if they're not even able to come out with it to their friends? You know, how am I supposed to believe that they care about each other enough to be in an actual relationship? That they are serious. You know what I mean? Yeah, I fully know what you mean. They are aware of how shit their behavior is. They are aware that they are cowards. Linda literally says so. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it better. And they are aware that this can't go on like this forever. And also they are aware that the longer it goes on, the worse it's gonna be. Mm -hmm. So, and yet... And yet they keep on keeping on. And I hate it. Fuck you too. Fuck you with a fiery poker from hell. In the heart. Ow. I'm very angry because this has taken away so much love that I had for Linda. And I am angry. I think they're deliberately portraying Linda as struggling with her morals. And we get a little better hint of this at the end of the episode. Yeah. Where she is off. And I said it before in... As we talked about the first scene, she is off. She is off balance. She is not herself. And we can probably trace it to the fact that she now knows about the divinity. We might be able to trace it to the fact that she was nearly killed by the goddess of creation. Linda has fucking PTSD and she has not been dealing with it. 
Exactly. And yes, Amenadiel might actually be a way for her to cope with all of this because Possibly. he is humanized proof of divinity, which makes it more accessible. So yes, there, there actually is a lot of good reasons. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying. I still it's hate frustrating it. frustrating <laughs> and it... Yes, exactly. But also, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. For the writing and the storytelling to be able to create these visceral reactions in both of us, especially mm-hmm. for this podcast, just shows that they actually know what the fuck they're doing. My yeah, exactly. deep, deep dislike of mom and my now ever-growing fangirling for fucking Charlotte... Yeah, the writers, when they're doing what they're knowing, holy shit, do <laughs> they they're do. knowing what they're doing. You know what I mean, whatever. So, please, let's get away from this one horrifying, <laughs> painful scene. Happily. I don't have much... I oh, I do. got very exasperated. Is that the word? Depends on yeah. what you want to say. <laughs> about the entire books and the way Lucifer talks about it, I feel him so much. And I am definitely not on Chloe's side in this episode. In what way? With loving the books. For me, a really relevant thing in this scene is the referencing of vicious entitled fans with the okay. comments and everything. Because this is the second explicit reference of fan culture in the show we had the one with lucifer obsessed in the past with the serial killer wall and everything and mm-hmm. now we have very entitled online fans which is very very close to reality that and is, yeah. I am very curious how the show is going to deal with this in the future. Because once is a coincidence. Twice might still not be completely deliberate. But if we have a third instance of explicit referencing problematic fan culture, I am very, very curious. Yeah, it would definitely indicate that they know what they're doing. Although there is a lot of other things that indicate that they are very good at their jobs. So... Yeah, but inside the show, if you don't follow Twitter, social media, yada, 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 anything of all this shit, this to me seems extremely self-aware. And it would fit with my personal opinion on the show, the writers, its creators. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Since we have never met them and we have to- we have not talked to them yet, I can only assume at this point, but I feel very confident. Sorry. So that was the point I wanted to oh, yeah. make on this because it's a pretty big thing in nowadays culture. So we get a visit to Clay's apartment by Ames. And it's so cute. Again, we see Trixie and Maze hanging out. And we see Trixie guarding the door, maybe even. Helping out Maze. She's covering. She's covering yeah. for Maze. Just, she's just being a pal, which is beautiful. And it makes me so happy. I really love that they are over and over. They're showing us their friendship. Because yeah. I think it's very important for both of the characters to have that friendship and I'm hoping that they're gonna escalate it in the future with some actual real things happening. Actual things that have more... um, Meaning, depth, relevance. Wait. Relevance to the main story. Can you imagine if there ever in the future someone 
tries to harm Chloe's daughter, like oh, Malcolm did. Immediately dead. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't actually want to put Trixie in danger, but oh boy. Yeah, because she would start them off and Maze would finish them. Right? Because so, I believe that by now she has skills to do that. So I am fully in agreement with you. I really enjoy where they are going with this and the way they have been sprinkling this ever-growing relationship also leads me to believe and to hope that in the future we're gonna get even more actual substance to it. Of course, Trixie still being a child inadvertently gives Maze the exactly wrong idea by saying exactly the right thing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I mean, is it really wrong? No, no, no. It's perfect. <laughs> she says the exactly right thing and it's exactly the wrong idea for Mace, but it's perfect for Mace. No yep. complaints. Pure Absolutely. perfection. Yep. For the next scene. I only have one comment there, so. I have two. One is freeze and the other one is you scream for ice cream. I deliberately ignored <laughs> both of those and only said... Did not see the twist with Ashley being a man. Gender swap. I believe that we've talked about that. Was it the last episode? That's if I remember what we recorded. Few episodes ago, anyway. The assumption is that most fans for young adult books are female. Mm -hmm. And I am aware that Ashley is both a male and female name. But just like Lucifer and Chloe, I was under the assumption that Ashley was going to turn out a woman. And I like it. Yeah, it's great. It works really well. Yep. It gives us another layer to everything. And arr, freeze. <laughs> That's all I have to say about this scene. I'm glad it makes you happy because I... I'm not the pun person. It's the pun land. The ice cream shot is called pun land. No. It is in my mind. Ah, That's never mind. Okay. <laughs> so we move over into the interrogation and I kept it all in the precinct together. Mm -hmm. And here I explicitly wrote down that Lucifer is being super judgy. And to this I say, Lucifer, shut up and let people enjoy things they like. In fairness though, the only reason this dude likes those books is because in his words, it reminds him of the good old days when he yep, was so? 16. And of course, this person seems like a very cliche type of a 16 year old popular in high school, which yep. the whole high school culture in America goes beyond oh, me. I We're gonna talk about that, but... It's uh, the whole thing culture whatever and it's not surprising to me that somebody who had a good time going through that experience is gonna enjoy reading about it years later yeah but still let people enjoy things they enjoy be it pumpkin spice lattes or shittily written books and i am i am aware that i am also talking to myself when i give you shit for liking twilight or reading twilight or whatever Yes, I am aware and I'm not perfect, but I'm here to judge the show. And so <laughs> I'm judging Lucifer for being judgy and saying, let people enjoy things. There is no harm in it. So shut up. And that's what I'm going to do. Shutting up. Yay. Well, we move on to 
our meeting of our main characters and this is the only scene we we get charlotte in and one of the few instances of dan being in the episode and ella being there and everything that happens in this bit just fills me with so much happiness it's so great and ah no end dan is so adorable yes it nearly killed me because i ship charlotte and dan so 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 fucking much Hmm. and it was so cute and awkward and everything and i'm usually not one for the cutesy bullshit whatever and him trying not to be awkward and trying to go over it oh my god this moment gave me fucking life it's beautiful now we have the explicit mention of the high school reunion and you already alluded to this high school culture and high school obsession in the u.s is something non-americans will probably never understand Mm -hmm. Back in the scene, I have to shame Lucifer for shaming masturbation. The shitty masturbation joke. I don't think that was meant as a serious remark. Still, I'm gonna have to point it out. Shame on you, Lucy. Masturbation does not make you blind. It is a very fun and actually healthy activity. Anything else? Charlotte is the best in the scene and she steals the scene. I fucking love it. She gives them the best idea. And then she leaves as to not be a part of it. She is really coming into her own. She owns her position. She knows what she can do, what she can't do. And she really fits well into this team. I know it's her only scene, but she kills it. I agree. I have written down that she is such an asset to the team and we've talked about this in previous episodes it's nice and refreshing and the integration of the character into the show is really really well done it feels so authentic like it really makes sense it doesn't feel forced at all which i actually was worried about in the beginning but holy shit they are killing this we go over to linda's Ah. Okay, yes, let's go to Linda. I don't have much on the scene, except for the fact that I am completely in love with Maze's plan. The way she presents it is flawless and... Linda, she could have come out clean right now. She was given every opportunity at this stage to come out clean in this conversation. It was the right time and she could have done it. Yet she chooses not to, so she deserves everything that comes after that. I agree with every word you just said. It makes me feel so good. You know, the validation. (laughs) I only have to add to it, I did not remember this episode. So at this point... I was, hmm, is Maze gonna set them up with each other as a blind date? I think that would be too easy. But this is what they also think in the next blind date scene. And so I was like, hmm, am I right? Oh no, oh my god, it's even better. So this storyline... As much as I hate love triangle, Maze's plan and Maze's execution of the plan is fucking brilliant. And yes, Linda deserves Every single fucking moment of this because had she come clean in this instant. Even in this instant, she had... Yes. I can understand that there was not a good time. She was avoiding her. Yes. Blah, 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 whatever. But this was a perfect moment for her to come out clean. The door was wide open. She only had to step through it and she didn't. And this is the point of where her behavior to me becomes unforgivable. Up to that moment... 
like we said before, it is understandable that they are scared of mace and that it is hard for them to find the right timing and the correct words. But this is the olive branch and she didn't take it and so now she's fucked. Yep. Now, that is all I have to say about this scene Same. because we're gonna have so much more fun with this a little bit later. We go to a super short scene at Clay's with Chloe lying on the couch and reading. It's so good. Can I just say hashtag so relatable? <laughs> yeah. I Happened. can't even count how many times... I started reading something in the afternoon or evening and then Suddenly had to stop. was the morning? Yeah, and then my alarm rings and I have to go to work or even earlier I have to go to school. We move over to the reunion. Before we do, actually, sorry. The song that is gonna play under the reunion scene is starting to play underneath our Clay's scene Ooh. already. So okay, I had not realized that. It's called Drops of Jupiter and it and is it's by, so good. It's by train and it starts the sequence of more than one song that is actually from 2001 which is the graduating year of the class which I think is a great touch. I fucking love this song. This is one of the rare instances where I noticed and recognized the song and even took note of it. Nice. Otherwise, in this scene, this is where it's made very explicit that Lucifer and Chloe have now switched places in their relationship. Chloe being the distracted, irresponsible one and Lucifer being the grown-up. And when mm -hmm. he says... What is happening? I had to say, I'm asking myself the very same thing. Yeah, this show has proven over and over to us that they are very good at being self-conscious on the show. And it adds another level to this episode. And it makes me extremely happy. Yes. So, yes, absolutely agree with everything you said. Also, still, so relating to Chloe. Fangirling over a fucking book series. Yes, yep. been there. Done that. I'm still doing this. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I still do it quite a lot. We're gonna briefly pop into the restaurant for a moment for the revelation of double date. The blind date scene starts and Linda and Amenadiel meet. And I'm going, oh my god, am I right? <laughs> Mace shows up, has her mark with her. She has taught with her as her mission to distract him from the high school reunion and she is using Linda and Amenadiel to accomplish her mission that she's being paid to do at the same time as torturing these two people who have been lying to her. And oh my god, it's so good. She is a great multitasker. <laughs> and I have one fun information, yeah. shamelessly stolen. How dare you. Todd tells Linda that the blue lobelia was used to treat constipation when he hands her the flower. While one of the symptoms of lobelia poisoning is diarrhea, the botanical name for this plant is lobelia syphilitica, and it's derived from its use in treating syphilis amazing <laughs> fun fact 
as I just mentioned before, we get yet another song with the reunion scene that is from 2001, and it is by Eve in cooperation with Gwen Stefani, and it's called Let Me Blow Your Mind. Did not notice that one and I was very into Gwen Stefani because damn have you seen her yep huge crush also she was the cool one you know like you had all these like good looking women yeah, whatever Britney's and Christina's and everything yes, all and of she these was people badass. who were presented as in as in like the Barbies or princesses or whatever yeah. and then there was Gwen Stefani she was I had a huge crush on her. Absolutely understandable, yeah. Damn. In this scene, I only have to say, Chloe, to me, feels like she's on drugs. Which probably isn't that wrong, because have you met us on conventions when we're high on adrenaline and endorphins? Yeah, but also she has not slept. Yeah, have you met us at conventions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sleep is for the week! <laughs> the only thing I have to add to that is not only she is completely fungerled, fungerling all over these people she is also still a good detective she also still have it so this is a great example of Chloe being extremely good at her job and I'm glad that they didn't completely erase that even though they did have the opportunity in this episode and I believe that in a lesser shows they would do that because it would it would have been easier. Also with lesser writers they have done that in the past they have reduced Chloe to being incompetent in situation where she is either emotionally involved or overwhelmed or whatever and now I finally get what I had been basically demanding because sometimes I'm a very very entitled fan myself <laughs> which is give me competent cop chloe with emotionally relatable chloe and this is exactly what we get and so i say fuck yeah the writing in this episode is so good thank you chris rafferty we love you seriously like seriously because remember the horrible party when she's lucinda and it feels like she left her brain at the door and there have been other situations. So this is what I expect of Chloe. And so I'm completely there for it. Yeah, we jump back to the double date for a minute. My first note was, wouldn't it be hilarious if Todd was the killer? <laughs> nice. Because I couldn't remember what's gonna happen. I didn't think of that. This scene took me on a ride because it started with me thinking, well, it would be hilarious if Todd was the killer. Then a manadiel does the wetting the bed serial killer comment. This for me, with the serial killer comment, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Todd goes, I make my own toothpaste. And I'm like, yeah. He's the guy. I'm sure he's the guy. He's the killer. Hey, listen, what's wrong with making your own toothpaste? My ex-boyfriend used Nothing to make... Nothing but the combination. Did your ex-boyfriend also wet the bed? I don't think so. And no weird botanical facts about plants? Probably did. He was vegan though, so... It was a combination. Everything. At this moment, I was on board. Todd is the killer. Yep. And obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this whole situation, it felt like everybody is being extremely obvious about their relationships. Like, yeah. Linda should have figured out by now that Mace is just trying to make them miserable. And Mace 
I mean, Mace obviously knew exactly what was happening, but like, I just felt like it was way too obvious for this moment and it should have broken, but I love that they are building up the tension to bring us the grand finale, which yeah. is brilliant. So, so worth it. So, so let's good. get back to the high school reunion so we can go to the grand finale. I love this scene. I don't have anything to say except when it was revealed that it was neither of the high school people. I was even more sure that Todd is the killer. <laughs> and I did write down hopefully Linda is safe. Oh, okay. Even though Linda is no longer your favorite character. Yeah, but I still don't want her to be in the hands of a serial killer. Okay, so it's like when you break up with somebody and it still doesn't mean that you want them to die. Yeah. Okay. Suffer physical bodily harm okay cool yeah good this scene for me it was just more of lucifer and chloe having flipped their positions in their partnership and the plot twist of thought i did not see coming so it made me really really happy and at this stage i was just like ah oh, the drama i hate it so much while glued to the telly yep that's the reason why we watched the housewives and bullshit like that because we hate Never. it i mean i don't watch it but like the Okay, not we, we as people. We as people, yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, we have a very short car ride scene, but I wanted to point it out because this is another of these short moments with Lucifer being soft yes. and understanding. And I have pointed these out in the past and I feel that these are becoming more frequent and I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we get a graduation of his feelings and emotions towards Crowley in this episode and this is because definitely it's about part a high of it. school graduation. It's beautiful moment there when he says someone is making the case just about themselves and I think I rephrase that for him and he's going to confirm that this is what he meant in the in a few scenes. I rephrase it to there is only space for one self-centered projecting person in this partnership. <laughs> You're not wrong. And I love that he's gonna call himself out on that a little bit later on. But this is the moment where he first kind of gives her that. And we've seen him do this before, but not in this way, not with this softness. So I don't think that he realized how much he's talking about himself before, but he yeah. does now. So this is what I wanted to point out myself. Now that he has the literal mirror in Chloe of himself. And actually pays attention to it. In the actual scene, I literally shouted at my screen when Linda finally figured out that Mace knows. Yeah. Because as you said in the previous blind date scene, really? Mm-hmm. Took you that long? <laughs> And to be honest, I am completely with Mace in this scene. I know that she is lashing out. I know that she is deliberately being hurtful. But I fully understand her and I am fully on her side. Yeah. I I again at this moment, I agree with you on what you said. And she takes a jab at Ames at some stage saying, do you think this is the divine purpose? Why you've been put on earth or whatever, something in that sense. It's the basis of what what Mace says in this scene is the basis of the conversation they have in the park later on. Yeah. And as much as it is aggressive and as much as it can be fairly hurtful from Mace... It is deliberately hurtful. It is. And 
it is helpful down the line for the two of them to realize what they've been doing. Because it's also true. Exactly. And I feel, and again, I mentioned this before, but I feel that if it actually were real, the relationship, they would not have sneaked around for this long. Yeah. It was never going to be easy for them to come out with it. Yeah. But they... Especially Linda, they both knew that the longer it takes, the worse it gets. Worse it's gonna get. And she had the chance to talk. Exactly. It's not like she wasn't giving the opportunity or yeah. the they didn't actually talk about relationship or anything like that. Because sometimes it's difficult to bring something like that up. But Maze has given her the chance to do that and she chose not to so as we talked before this is even more obvious now that they both fucked up Ames and Linda both also I feel like we haven't pointed this out in a while Leslie Ann kills this the shift from playful torturing Maze to angry hurt Mace to hurting tears in her eyes Mace mm. is some fucking great acting yeah and when she's running away from the table with the tears in her eyes my heart ached poor poor Maze. The last sentence that she says before she leaves is but you are my friend yeah and that's the base of all of this the tone she used, it's just, it's brilliant. It's very good. One more thing in this scene that is unrelated to this emotional moment is <laughs> when Todd gets arrested. He, for some weird reason, is holding three... <laughs> three or, knives! I think I it's thought it three, was two. <laughs> it's definitely at least two steak knives. I don't understand why, especially because... Because he licked them. (laughs) But like, and with that little extra bit of the scene, it makes it even crazier that like, what? And immediately we're going to find out that he's not the killer. So this is just so weird, but also so cute and funny and hilarious. And I just, what? So we transition over into the interrogation and it very, very quickly comes out that he is not the killer. I was sad that he wasn't, but also, you know me, I love when they get me and Mm -hmm. they fully got me. So props. This scene also is the return of Chloe back to her actual usual self. Yes, that it is. The way she handles the situation in the case is absolutely brilliant. So good. And it brings me to yet another plot twist for myself because I did not see coming what is next. I actually thought that the killer was Ashley. That I did not think, but I did not expect Chloe to be willing to have Lucifer as bait. Hmm. I mean, she knows that he can take care of himself. Still, he is still officially not a, a policeman. He's a civilian. And I think to me, it's... this is another step in their relationship of yeah, trust. Yeah, I was going to say that it speaks to the How partnership. How far they've gone. Yeah. yeah. It's so amazing. I did not see that coming and I am here for it. I do love the growth that we see for so many characters in this episode, but also in the relationships between some characters. Really, 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 really good. Imagine if Lucifer still had his devil face. <gasps> that would have been a moment that comes out. Yes. 100,000%. Yep. So he doesn't need to control his rage as much in front of Chloe as much as he did before because he knows that the devil face is not going to come out. At least that's what he thinks. So it would be funny if in the future his devil some, face would come some back and just like flashes in front of Chloe. Suddenly pops out. Yeah. 
That would be hilarious. Also, keep in mind, we're still watching for the glow-up eyes of the righteous anger. Oh, fuck. I keep forgetting. Yeah. And no glow-up because this was selfish anger, not righteous anger. Ooh, true. Nice. Now we're gonna go to the scene that's gonna put a lot of my negative feelings towards this relationship to bed. Question: What do we call the ship, Linda and Amenadiel? I called it Lindiel. I am sure there was a ship name for them. Um, I did not remember, so I made Ainda. up my own. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, okay, the, it's very awkward. I like Lindiel. I like the Lindiel. name more than the ship. <laughs> uh, it's not so bad. But with this scene we get a song that's called bad love it's by (laughs) ryx and it's gonna play throughout this entire scene it's obviously the name refers to the situation so yeah here we go as i said before i did not expect that they would end the relationship this early and in this way i am not sure if i are if i am actually on board with this solution because the betrayal of trust has already happened and I am curious how they are gonna play it out in the future how Linda is gonna try to fix how to repair her relationship with Mace and what the argumentation is gonna be that she is using because if it is I broke up with a Menadiel for you then I'm gonna hate it and so I wanna reserve judgment because I already judged this entire triangle so much that I feel maybe I need to tone it down a bit so yeah let's see where the writers take it i think that it's gonna depend on what's gonna happen between linda and mace next for sure yes but i feel like i love this solution okay i really appreciate that linda is coming up and saying essentially what i've taken from this scene is that the both of them loved each other's company but it was an escape escapes from bigger problems And because they both were ignoring those problems while they were together, it was working for them really, really well. So in a sense, if we go full circle to what I've been saying this entire episode and their relationship actually was not real, I believe that they have strong feelings for each other, but I don't believe that that relationship would have future even with Mace out of the picture. And the reason why I think that is that... Mainly Linda, but I believe Amenadiel as well, used it as a surrogate and they have to deal with what they're dealing with head on. And once they would start dealing with it, they would realize that the relationship is in the way. So I don't think personally they would have made it without the maze situation either. So I think it just pushed them to deal with themselves quicker. So I'm glad that they gotten to that solution in this way. And I know that it's going to be a long road for Linda to come back to be Maze's friend. And I hope they're going to give it proper attention and mainly I think that Linda needs to make amends 
and take care of herself. And I agree, I have a feeling that she may throw the whole I left a mini deal for you bullshit at Maze's face at some stage, but I don't think it's gonna be meant as a real argument. I think it's gonna be more of a in the sake of I'm mad at you now because you don't give me the attention that I demand of you type of When Linda, at some point, Linda is gonna lash out as well and this is gonna be part of the lashing out. And that's what we do as humans. Like we do hold on to little details that we then, even though they're completely irrelevant, we throw in each other's faces because, you know, that's how human nature works. And also it really works well in our (laughs) Yeah. So for all of the above mentioned arguments, I love this scene and I appreciate that they managed to bring it to a solution that I am satisfied with. You praised this much more eloquently than I put thought into this even. So I'm just going to say I agree with everything you said. Ah, thank you. Validation again. (laughs) Well, sometimes you put things in a very, very well put way and then I don't have to say anything. Final scene. We have the title drop in the scene. Just got to get this out of the way. I agree with Lucifer. I also like the partnership better when each of them is acting in their own character. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm, as some of you might have noticed, I am not a great romantic quite the contrary I am definitely not romantic Mm -hmm. but this scene was so too achingly sweet and I was so there for it because it was so thoughtful of Lucifer and this is the pure softness that this is what the soft moments have been leading up to and it's so good it's beautiful I absolutely agree I also use the word sweet which I find interesting because that is something that I would never use to describe Lucifer before now, I don't think. But he is here. It's accurate. Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, appreciate about this that this is not a moment that he would do spontaneously. Yeah. He hears what he hears what Chloe says before. You can see the moment of recognition and the plan being born, and then he actually executes it, and he does it so well. And ah. Uh, yeah. Then we have this moment where he takes her hand and leads her to the dance floor and he turns on the most, the the clichéest song in the universe. Which, until you listen to the devils in the music, just like me, you're gonna be like, oh my god, this song is called Only You, it's so perfect and so romantic! And then you listen to what Vero teaches you (laughs) and then the whole scene gets an entirely new meaning. Well, yeah. It's a song by Yazoo from the early 80s. It's a great song that I don't think you could walk outside and pick somebody off a crowd who would not know this song in some sort of a version. There is some fun information about the lyrics that gives, as Lina mentioned, fun, she says, a new layer to this scene. So if you want to know about that, feel free to either do your own research or become a believer and listen to the bonus. And it just works so beautifully. And they're dancing. They're dancing. And he does the dip with her. Mm. And I'm shouting at my screen, Can you kiss already? They get and so they close. don't. But he deliberately chooses not to in a moment. Because you can see that he is compelled to, but he s- takes a mental step back. Because He's still of- preoccupied. Well, yes, but also I think that this is a conscious choice that he made due to everything 
that happened up to now and the reason why he walked away in the first place. And the dream. He worries for her safety. Oh, I didn't read that into it. It was mainly, for me, it was mainly about the whole I chose to walk away because she doesn't have any choice in the matter or whatever. You know, the same reasoning that he had. That, of course, still plays into it, but also he is preoccupied with proving his father doesn't have total control over him because as soon as he proves that by successfully killing Cain, he will have a higher feeling of security that he can protect Chloe from God. At this moment in time, he isn't sure that he can actually protect her and so he's not gonna risk her. That is a great explanation that I didn't think of, thank you. But I still hated the fact that they didn't kiss because I wanted them to kiss. (laughs) Shipper! But then they have the second part of the conversation and Lucifer shares with Chloe and since I Honest to God, do not remember where this is going. Are we getting time travel? This is my only explanation for this scene. Right? To be honest, I don't see how this show is gonna explain time travel. But I now want Lucifer to do time travel. Yep. And that's all I have to say. (laughs) This episode had everyone and everything. And I must confess, I still believe. And I enjoyed it (laughs) way more than I thought I would. While completely out of character, it was refreshing to see Chloe and Lucifer switch their usual behaviors. The love triangle was exposed and even ended. Trixie and Charlotte had short but amazing scenes. Ella got to be her beautiful nerdy self, then had his adorable moment and Even the metaplot was relevant and mentioned while not dominating. The case of the week was fun and the closing scene gave me fucking cavities. And now we're looking at potential time travel. I cannot think of a single thing to criticize. And that is what I said when I was writing my notes. I thought maybe while recording I might think of something. Didn't. So all I can say now is more like this please i love that our finishing statement is gonna be very similar (laughs) boring we're agreeing they're paying us to fight this episode was amazing and funny i feel like we got all of our characters in the mix except for pierce but i didn't miss him all that much because he gets mentioned and as you just said the storyline to Metaplot gets mentioned enough for me to still be relevant. I find it interesting, as I mentioned during the episode, how much time Trixie is spending with Maze. And I'm hoping and crossing all my fingers that it will bring some fun things in the future. I am extremely happy that they exploded the love triangle. And I really liked how they do it and even though the reunion is fairly irrelevant it gives us grounds to develop Chloe's character and deepen hers and Lucifer's bond which again made me extremely happy and even though we got very limited time with Ella, Charlotte and Dan they managed to get a lot in that one scene the whole Dan calling Charlotte Charlotte and Charlotte being the most criminally sophisticated person in the room and Ella dropping some interesting information about herself as well. So all of this put together, yes, laugh more, gimme, please. And with this, we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. 
If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash TAOT podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us. Because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.